Hey guys, and welcome to a brand new episode of Nerds Talk Movies. My name is Taylor, and I'm going to be your host today. Joining me are my wonderful co-hosts, Tristan and Drew. Tristan, I want to start with you because if you listened to our episode last week when we covered Suicide Squad 2016, you would know that uh, things got a little heated towards the end of that episode, and yeah... Some things were said about the DC Universe. I stand by it. I stand by everything I said. Uh, Still emotionally exhausted. Mm. But, you know, hey. That movie broke some things within both you and Drew. It did, but, you know, we gotta gotta get to talk about an entertaining movie today. I think it brought us as a podcast team together. You know, we trauma bonded. Everyone loves a a good trauma bond. Yep, and speaking of trauma bonding, here is the other person who had a little bit of a, not as much of a breakdown, I would say, as Tristan did, but uh, yeah, he certainly went on a rant or two himself. Drew, Drew, how you feeling? Just don't bring up the movie that shall not be mentioned and we'll all be good. So, uh, yeah, can we go and talk about uh, one of my favorite superheroes of all time now? We can definitely do that, and I'm, I'm just so happy. I'm so happy we're not talking about last week's movie. <laughs> we didn't even get into final thoughts. We didn't even get into our full like final thoughts because uh, why would yeah. we? Why would we? We kind of yeah. made it clear we just didn't care for the movie at all. And hopefully you got enjoyment out of that episode. But this episode Someone is going to be much different because you saw the title. You know the deal. Today we are talking about Wonder Woman. Here's a synopsis for Wonder Woman courtesy of IMDb. Quote, when a pilot crashes and tells the conflict in the outside world, Diana, an Amazonian warrior in training, leaves home to fight a war, discovering her full powers and true destiny. End quote. And here are some of the main cast for the film, along with director and writer credits. Again, this is coming from IMDb. It was directed by Patty Jenkins. It was written by... Uh, screenplay was by Alan Heinberg. The story was by Zack Snyder, Alan Heinberg, and Jason Fucha, or Foots. I don't or know. Fucks. We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I apologize. It could be any of those pronunciations. And Wonder Woman was created by William Moulton Marston and Harry G. Peter, which was uncredited, by the way. Yeah, comics have a thing of not crediting every one of the creators. It's a real Bob Kane, Bill Finger situation. Gal Gadot is starring in this film as Diana Prince slash Wonder Woman, Chris Pine as Steve Trevor, David Thuis as Sir Patrick Morgan slash Ares, God, we'll talk about it, Danny Huston as Ludendorff, Elena Anya as Dr. Maru slash Dr. Poison, Saeed Tajmawi, I think is actually how you pronounce it. I do apologize if I get that wrong. As Samir, Ewan Bremner as Charlie, Eugene Brave Rock as the Chief, Lucy Davis as Etta, Robin Wright as this is the one that was really gonna get me. Antiope. Antiope. Okay, I didn't hear her name in the whole movie, and I was like, ah, shit. I wish I did. They do say it. And Connie Nielsen as Hippolyta. So, off the heels of BVS and Suicide Squad 2016, sorry, Drew, the DCEU wasn't dead, but it may have just been on life support at this time. And keep in mind, the theatrical version of Justice League still hadn't arrived yet, so the worst was still yet to come. 
So, with the DCEU batting into a corner, the cinematic universe has attempted one last film before the grand team-up featuring the finest DC Comics had to offer. Well, it wasn't really the finest DC Comics had to offer, but you know what I mean. Uh, That last one film was a solo Wonder Woman movie starring Gal Gadot as the Princess of Themyscira herself, Diana Prince. Gadot briefly appeared for a few scenes in BBS as Wonder Woman, and it seemed like she was one of the few positives everyone could agree on, regardless of what she thought about the film. But how would this work with her own solo film and with director Patty Jenkins at the helm? And to get the elephant out of the room, this movie had a lot of pressure going in. It was the first female-led superhero movie in quite some time, and the first in the cinematic universe era of superhero films. It was also, as we mentioned before, coming off of two widely panned movies that had people giving up hope that the DCEU could ever succeed. Despite its faults, and that I'm sure we'll get into, Wonder Woman was a major hit for the DCEU. It got positive reviews from critics and general moviegoers alike, mostly positive reviews. Again, there's still people who didn't really care for the movie, but that happens all the time everywhere. Furthermore, it was a pretty big hit at the box office, giving DC fans hope that maybe, just maybe, the whole DCEU thing could work out. And as we all know, it didn't. However, that's a conversation for next week, whenever we talk about how terrible the Justice League was compared to the Snyder Cut. In this episode, I want to just ask where you guys were standing with DC around this time. Had he given up on the DCEU yet, or did you still have faith that Wonder Woman would turn things around? Tristan, let's start with you. Oh, let's be real. I didn't give up till last week. <laughs> like, I was still, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I was still very much on the on the you train. Know, for you DCU. know, in all fairness, that was probably the dumbest question I've ever asked on this. Yeah, program. no. I mean, yeah. Suicide Squad at the time it wasn't my favorite movie, but I was like, you know what? If you just turn off your brain. You know, it's I didn't hate it. And then all of a sudden you turn your out. brain back on towards the yeah. end of that podcast. And you're and like, you're you know like, what? No, fuck this. Like, this is <laughs> an insult. Um, No, I'm still very much on board. Um, Like Drew, Wonder Woman is one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite DC characters. And I was very much looking forward to this movie. Um, I still remember going to see it Labor Day weekend. Uh, I went to the Thursday premiere and i was one of like five people in the theater in my town and you know other uh, most of the other people it was like three other like clearly comic book nerds and then like a couple uh well i should say a few couples where it was it seemed like the the woman had dragged the man to come see it and i'm like y'all are in for you're in for history because it's gonna be a banger and uh it was i was i was very uh well, I shouldn't say pleasantly surprised, because I expected it to be good. I go in expecting, well, at the time I went in expecting to at least enjoy a DC movie, because I know myself. But I was like, oh no, this felt like I would have to defend this one less. And that was nice for me. Um, <laughs> what I, sentence? That's where Tristan was with Oh no, DC, that's the gauge the yeah, where I, I measure all of my DC movies. How bad am I going to have to defend this? Like, how hard am I going to have to die on this hill? He walks out uh, of the theater, he's just like, fuck, that was actually solid. It's like, I feel, I feel so bad for you. I'm glad you got a break with Wonder Woman, but Jesus. I've been fighting this battle for <laughs> 10 years, and I'm, I'm damn tired, but the war goes on L- little weird time bubble for you though this uh came out just a year before infinity war think about that 
God, that feels like so long ago. Wait, Infinity yeah. War was 20... Wasn't Infinity War 2019? No, no 2018. No, it's 2018. Yeah, Endgame was, Endgame 2019. was 2019. So yeah, woo! Drew, what are your thoughts on this movie pre-release? How are you feeling about DCEU? And how'd you feel when you're walking out of that theater? I was both excited and scared when uh, this... W- when this was fully announced and we got the trailer and everything, I was like, holy crap, the trailer is banging. But then again, it's like Suicide Squad was also had banging trailers. And I was like, ooh, walked out of the theater pretty satisfied. My my sister was like, yeah, that was pretty good. And, and my mom was like, yeah, I wonder when she's going to see Iron Man because <laughs> my mom doesn't know Marvel versus DC. Well, that was funny coming out of the theater and just really, and it just made me realize how originally tense I was going in and to hear my mom make that mistake, it real, I realized, huh, I feel like there's hope, hope for the DCEU. If my mom had said that, I would have, I would have gotten upset with her. I'll be honest with you. My mom can make those mistakes. My mother's not allowed to make those mistakes and she wouldn't, she wouldn't dare. She, she she knows that that there's one thing I don't fuck around with. <laughs> it's it's getting things fucking right when it comes to who owns what character. If you guys have seen Community, it's like that scene with uh Britta and Shirley, where Britta's like, oh, I, can like I can excuse racism, racism. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah. excuse racism, but I brought a line of animal cruelty. You can excuse racism. <laughs> I can excuse anything except for. <laughs> accidentally calling a DC character a Marvel character. We all have to have our principles, you know? As for me, I did not see this movie in theater. I was... I kind of gave up. Real <laughs> quick. Wow, that was a Taylor. fast give up. Drew, Drew, did you know all this time that Taylor hates women? Because that's what he just said to us. Apparently that is exactly just what I said. Just can't support. Oh, oh, he's just proving the studio heads right that men won't go see a female superhero movie. You know what, Tristan? You caught me, buddy. This is this is the time <laughs> I went ahead and was just like, I laid it all out there. You just unmasked yourself. Yeah, apparently so, because I just didn't go see this one movie that, you know, I just <laughs> this single not movie. have any faith in. I was about to say, this is, this is what determines your allyship and your, deter- <laughs> your, your dedication to <laughs> equality and egalitarianism. But I did not go to theater to see this. I did not think this was going to be good. I did like Gal Gadot coming off of BBS. But a lot of Suicide Squad, BBS, I was just like, oh, I'll just watch I'll watch Justice League. They can't fuck it up that bad. And boy, was I wrong. So you had, a, just... you had a reverse situation. Should have gone to see Wonder Woman, skipped out on Justice League. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. It's, you know, I'll save it. I'll save it for our general thoughts. But there's something that I thought was just absolutely fucking hilarious about Wonder Woman that you can compare it to Justice League. But we'll get there. Um, overall, though, this is actually a really good movie, and I can't wait to get into our retrospective. But before we get into that, I have to get, talk to my fellow comic experts here and get their thoughts on any comic connections from DC Comics to Wonder Woman 2017. So, who wants to go first? I'll let Drew go first, mainly because I'm tired. <laughs> well, thank you, because I did want to go first. All yeah. right, so... This one, Wonder Woman movie, takes a lot of inspiration from the George Perez run and the Marston run. There also is some stuff from the New 52. Diana, of course, leaving the island, not being able to come back. That is what 
that is the main New 52 stuff. Plus, her armor is pretty much designed from the New 52 armor. It's a police Well, from Rebirth. Well, actually, no. Rebirth pulled it from her. Because in the New 52, she didn't have the skirt still. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, so I guess yeah, if I was anything, right. it's New pretty 52. similar to... Well, no, because in the New 52, she still looks like the classic Wonder Woman, like the bathing suit. It was just silver instead of gold. But it was like, it, it had the more armorized look, which did come from the New 52. And uh, let's see. What else? What else can I remember? Technically, it also comes from uh, All-Star Comics number 8, because that's where her origin was first published. So, this one takes heavy inspiration from her origin, so that's there too. And... I think that's... I think that's as much as I can remember. Like, I guess you could say Wonder Woman God of War, because that's also where the retcon of her origin came in. Yeah, Zeus being her dad and all that stuff. Instead of being created from clay, which is which they do have a playful nod to. Yeah, the clay's better though. It's a better origin. When they yeah. reboot it, make her be from clay. Because yeah. that's cooler, it's more original, and it's I don't know. More in more in, indelible to, to who Wonder Woman is. Like her whole thing was supposed to be like, you know, she was the a feminine ideal created without the interference of man. Like Except for Hermes, but even then, it was just like a little, little boop, hey, you can fly. Well, didn't Hermes just give her the feather to fly? You yeah. know what, we're getting too much, we're deep That's into this. Look, yeah, if you, if they have to keep the Zeus connection, just say, like, he's technically her dad because his lightning brought her to life. Even that. I think it's lame. Make it the gods. But, we digress. Uh, oh, Dr. Poison. She's uh, obviously a, a character from the comics. Uh, oh, yeah. And clearly Wonder Woman was... And Wonder Woman's first enemy, like, as you said, in the George Perez run, was Ares. Like, she left the island to stop him. But, uh... Honestly, I feel like this one... It's a pretty... I mean... Wonder Woman leaving the island to go end war is Wonder Woman, period. But I feel like it's a pretty original story in the sense that it's not, like directly lifted from any specific Wonder Woman thing. Like, Wonder Woman in World War One, that was just for this movie, like, uh, even the fact that she just chose to go and, um, just leave the island without the whole, uh, contest of champions aspect of it. Like, that's, I feel like, pretty original this movie. I feel like normally we see her hide, a, like, her identity for the contest that we will see in the sequel, but, like, at that point, in the comics and, you know, in, um, the 2009 movie, it's like, oh, they're having a contest to see who is going to represent the Amazons as their champion to return Steve Trevor. Um, yep. which I, I still think is pretty cool. And I'd like to see that in the, in a reboot. Um, I'm trying to think I can't out of candy and Steve Trevor, obviously big deals to Diana's lore as, as is Hippolyta. Uh, we got the love interest, got her best friend and her mom, so yeah. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, those are the main things. Just go read Wonder Woman comics. Yeah, it's like, she's got, a lot, she's got a lot of good ones. I would definitely recommend the stuff that inspired this one. Like I said, the uh, the, George per- the George Perez run and the Martin run. And even her New 52 stuff is pretty interesting. Like, it's, it's definitely more hardcore dark Wonder Woman, because that was the New 52. But it is like she's re- she's really a character about truth and hope, kind of, and uh, you really should just give her a read and everything. Also, read the Greg Rucker run. That's oh the yeah, best 
Both his, like, original run from the early 2000s and the Rebirth run. They're bangers. Yeah. And if you're just gonna read one, read the story where she fights a Medusa to save a child's life. It's one of the best stories, in my opinion. Baller as hell. Be sure to do that, and also be sure to check out thenerdstash.com, which is the best place to get your gaming and entertainment news. Thenerdstash.com has a plethora of very talented writers and content creators who are making it their mission in life. I don't know if that is factually accurate. Nah, it's factually accurate. We've declared it. That is their mission. They're going to give people the latest news in the world of gaming, movies, television, and so much more. But that's not all. Are you looking to get your start in the game or entertainment journalism sphere? Or are you someone who is just looking to build on your ever-growing resume? Regardless of your experience, consider applying to join the writing team. You can find a link for thenerdstash.com in the description of this very episode, regardless of whatever platform you are listening to us on. In the description, you can also find a link that will direct you to any open positions we have available at the site. All you have to do is click on that link and follow the instructions provided. And with all that out of the way, let's get into our retrospective of Wonder Woman. And Tristan, let's start with you with your general thoughts. Go. Good movie. Uh, One of the better of the DCEU. Watching it for this retrospective, um, I wouldn't say my opinions on it have changed too much, but I will say, uh, especially with what the DCEU ends up becoming, and just with how my tastes and what I enjoy from my Wonder Woman stories have changed, there are some things in this that I'm not as crazy about as I was when it initially came out, but I think it's more of a personal preference thing and less to do with the actual structure of the film. Although there are certain aspects of the film where I'm like, all right, well, this kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I'm still entertained either way. It's still a, a good a, a good time, a good way to spend an afternoon or an evening, like, either way. Uh, this is still, like, one of the better DC, not even just DCEU, but better DC movies and, you know, better than a lot of the... Better than a lot of super movies we get, period. So I'd still say it's a a wonderful time, uh, pun intended. And I don't need the lasso of truth to tell you that. <laughs> Had to get that last one in there, didn't you? I did. I did. Happy with yourself? Oh, sh- sh- overjoyed. Ecstatic, I might say. I'm honestly jealous. Yeah. Gotta Drew, general thoughts. Yeah. I really like this movie. Uh, I do admit that when I first watched it, the very much similarities with the 2009 animated Wonder Woman were very evident to me. But I did let, but it has enough changes to where it has its own identity. Especially since I believe that this one really shows Di- really shows a different side of Diana than the 2009 one does. This one shows her in her innocence, but still her. It's like she's. It's a weird simultaneous innocence, not ignorance sort of thing where she believes where she's innocent to believe that humans are just good natured, but she's also like not ignorant of humanity's other aspects. But it's like, it's really cool. It's really cool. I liked this Wonder Woman. And I admit that even in the theater, I was like, wait, what are you doing with that third act? But I still enjoy, I still enjoyed it. I really do like this Wonder Woman and how it did a lot of stuff differently than a lot of the other superhero movies that were coming out around that time. Like 
one of the things one of the things that the MCU tried to do with at least Captain America at the very least was try to show civilians in in the situations the superheroes had to face that kind of phased out the closer we got to phase three and wonder woman it's like no she's actually talking with people who like have suffered from the war who are in the war she is fighting on the front she's fighting on the front lines she's trying to help people even though she has a mission it's like it's pure wonder woman gold so and it like is was really missing from a lot of superhero movies at the time where it's like they're not just like these glamorized celebrities who like have issues they literally are fighting for the people so was glad that they had that in and uh i really like it i think this shows off the best aspects that the dc eu could have had and what wonder woman has to offer to a lot of superhero stories as well yeah i don't know if this is because bvs and suicide squad we just watched those and we just did retrospectives on them and they were not very good oh uh, uh, well the suicide movies squad not the retrospectives I thought no we did suicide it. squad wasn't very good yeah, well, but I won't let you put. I'm not gonna just have us put BBS and Suicide Squad in the same conversation. I know the internet likes to do it. Okay, hold on. You know what? That's a fair point. Now, even though I do not really care for BBS, I will not put it on the same pedestal as Suicide Squad. Suicide really? Squad is on the lowest rung of that ladder. That's like, fine. It is the lowest of the lows. A few above it is BBS, but damn, it's sure as is long as it's, like, it's a few above. above it. Um, but at the same time. I really enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I would on a rewatch. I liked it when I first watched it. <laughs> so I don't know if that recency of me watching what I thought to be two not very good movies and one of those being absolutely god awful helped with that perception, but it's worth noting. I can't wait to talk about Diana's arc in this movie. It's one of my favorite things in the entire movie. It is my favorite thing in the entire movie. You said also, Drew, that she's more innocent than ignorant. And I think there is a little bit, I don't know if I'll call it ignorance, but there's something about, but it works for her character and she goes through something in the movie that makes her change by the end of it. That is really awesome. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, the action sequences are also great as well. It's kind of hilarious to me that Ben Affleck's Batman was kind of the main through line across the DCU setup until Justice League, considering, you know, how DC just drops the ball with his character post-Justice League. They were really setting him up to be their universe's Iron Man and just didn't go yeah. through with it. Well, also, I think it was less DC dropping the ball and more Ben Affleck saying, I'm done. Like, I will yeah. drink myself to Well, death. does Ben Affleck say he's done if DC's hitting bangers? Not necessarily, but he did. Oh, I don't know. See, that's a complicated thing because a lot of why he dropped out was because of his own personal like substance abuse issues, yeah, and true. like he knew that even if his Batman movie ended up being good, like the pressure of having to like work on that and like because he was also originally directing it at the time, so just all of that pressure and the potential for backlash, like he. It is he true. Saying, like oh, there's very complicated things in his personal life and. Thankfully, it seems like he's really, really. Uh, I mean, hey, he issues. was dating Ana Daramas, and now he's back again with J Lo. Like mm -hmm. he got clean. He was working at uh, Dunkin' Donuts the other day as part of a some type of program. Like, he, and he, we know how much Ben loves Dunkin'. So yeah. you know, he, he's on the upswing. Good for him. 
Yeah, good for him. So it's kind of, I won't put that 100% on DC. Who knows what would have happened there. But it does feel like maybe it would have been more of a temporary, like, hey man, just go figure out your stuff. Come back whenever you're ready. Yeah, the the receptions of of, of BVS and, you know, Justice League definitely did not help. Yeah, it definitely didn't help matters, for sure. Yeah, but I thought, like, the reason they were doing Flashpoint was to technically, like, replace him. Because wasn't that the whole reason that that was going to be his last foray originally? Before, like, a bunch of Well, I'm talking about before any of that. I'm saying, like, look at 2017 with Justice League. And then that just drops the ball. And then almost directly after that, it feels like he dropped out. It was yeah, that's true. It, 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 it was a gradual thing. Because at first he's like, oh, I'm directing. Okay, now I'm not directing anymore. I'm just starring in it. All right, now I'm not in it at all. It's like, okay, well. Honestly, right. it doesn't matter. This is not a Ben Affleck Batman episode. It's a Wonder Woman episode. So I'm going to sit to that and get through my general thoughts. Gal Gadot and Chris Pine absolutely crushed it in this movie. And overall, it's just an awesome film. And uh, the last thing I will say, if I had a nickel for every time someone's mustache hurt a DCEU movie in 2017, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. You gotta you gotta talk about the mustache, because that's <laughs> one of the big things with the film. I'm like, guys, this isn't, we didn't need this. It happened twice, in the yep. same fucking year. How? <laughs> that's such a strange issue. It's, yeah, it's not, you know, and here's the thing. I'll partially blame Paramount for the the Henry Cavill mustache because they just refused to let him shave it. And and hey, as someone who really enjoyed his mustache in Fallout, I get it. All right, just a, a mustache Merkin wouldn't have been the same. But with this, there's no excuse for this mustache. How we don't even when Ares has his helmet on in the comics, his face is just black and you have red eyes. Should have just done that. Didn't need the mustache. (laughs) You could have fixed it by just telling you know we'll get to Aries. We'll get the fucking Aries. That's a whole thing, man. Diana. Let's talk about standout performances. Drew, who are your standouts for this movie? Gal Gadot, she owns it as Wonder Woman. This is probably like the best she is as Wonder Woman, and that's hard for me to say because I really do like BBS. But this is where she gets to show so much range for Diana that it's just freaking awesome it's just freaking awesome i think like this is her best um performance as wonder woman for me uh i also have to say that i love lucy davis as etta like etta is a character who i go back and forth with in the comics because her personality changes with the writer but in this one i just love i just love her she feels like this but she feels bubbly she feels awesome to talk to it's like you want her as a friend plus i love the fact when diana and steve are beating up the not beating up the germans and uh like the one of them is getting away she like holds out the sword and she's like oh where are you going it's like okay i like it etta oh and of course chris pine as steve trevor like come on there's a reason why they went through loops to get him back as steve trevor it's like he he kills it in this they, should, role. they shouldn't have but they they sure did yeah they they shouldn't ha- <laughs> they shouldn't have but they 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 did it and the reason why is because he kills it in this role he's just is way too good. It's like for for a, when you're watching the movie, it's hard to see Chris Pine. It's easier to see Steve Trevor. And that's a hard thing for any actor to do, and he just kills it in this role. So those are my standout performances. Those are the ones that I can uh, fully call out. For me, I'd say overall, 
the cast is pretty solid. Um, Etta, obviously a standout. Um, Robin Wright, even though she's only in it for five minutes, as in Ty, I really enjoy. Um, David Thewlis as Ares, mustache aside, you know, when he's just doing his evil bad guy monologue, I'm like, hey, he's, you know, Lupin's a pretty intimidating bad guy. Um, but Gal Gadot and Chris Pine, even though the, the two leads of this movie, like, they are still the standouts. And I do think that both of their best scenes and moments are when they are together. I think they just have such great chemistry. And really, it's some of the best um, t- dual lead chemistry and romantic chemistry that I feel like we've gotten from comic book movies before or since. Like, I really think they are in the top tier because the way they bounce off each other is is fantastic. Um, but also, standouts can be bad. We can have bad standout performances. And I gotta say... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were talking about the bad stand. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I mean, I gotta just go ahead and, and put it out there. Danny Huston, Houston, I don't know how you pronounce it, but if this man is anywhere near a superhero movie, you gotta, you gotta watch out. Because <laughs> before this, he was Striker in X-Men Origins Wolverine. And that was a movie he was in. That was a performance he gave. And this was also a performance that he gave. Wasn't he also in X2, though? No, he wasn't. That was, oh, okay. uh, that was, um, a good, I mean, Stryker was, but the actor was, uh, was Brian Cox, who's a great actor and was great as Stryker <laughs> in X2. Okay. Why they chose to cast an actor of comparable age to him in a film that was set 30 years before, you know. Don't ask me. This isn't a Fox, you know, X-Men movie timeline episode, because God help us if we ever get to that. But here's the thing. He's not a bad actor. I feel like I've seen him in things at some point, you know, and clearly he keeps getting work. But his performance in this stands out in the sense of what is he doing? Because it seems like he got a different assignment than everyone else, and that's to be a fucking cartoon character. Um, I enjoy Dr. Poison. She's, she's a cartoon character, but she understood the assignment where she's just a little creepy little weirdo. And that's about all you need for Dr. Poison. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know what Ludendorff was, especially cause that's like, it's, it's weirder cause he's a cartoon character, but he's the only person who was an actual real person. Like General Ludendorff was a real human being. So just weird to have him snort some blue dust and have Wonder Woman murder him? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's just odd. <laughs> also really odd that... I get this is for the fake-out, but it's kind of odd where Dr. Poison says, I made this so you can regain To replenish your strength? Your strength? Yeah, like, what? Was he, all, was he a superhuman? Because if he's going toe-to-toe with Wonder Woman, that's him replenished. Like, what was the OG status? What? Why was he... I don't know. We'll get to that later, but his performance... Yeah. It left a bit to be desired. Uh, just to get in this real, real quick, like I've seen him in other stuff. Like he, like th- some of the stuff is afterwards, like Yellowstone. But he was Dan Jenkins in Yellowstone, and he kills it there. It's like he's he a always good plays actor. an antagonist. By the way, I literally had this in my notes. Like he gets typecast as an antagonist, and everything I've ever seen him in. And I kind of agree with you guys. I don't think it really pulls this off all that well. I mean, necessarily, if he was told to be a cartoon character, he pulled it off. Because yeah. he's no. he is like the definition of like a mustache twirling, like ho ho ho, I am the bad guy. Like, and also I say he pulled it off. I mean, he didn't pull it off. Like, 
I just want to make that clear. I don't. Think oh no, it was bad. Well this movie. It was bad, but I'm saying if the if the if if his assignment was to be bad, like just to just be a bad guy with nothing, like redeemable. And I don't mean redeemable in terms of morality. I mean, in, just in terms of as a character that we're watching on the screen, you know, to, a character that we would want to spend time with. Then he nailed the he nailed the assignment of being bad at the job. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. And just to bring up your typecasting thing, it's so weird because if you see him in interviews, he is like one of the most lovable people. Seems so like a nice guy. Seems like a, 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 a you know, a, a friendly chap. But hey, you can be typecast as worse. Look at Walt Goggins. No, that's true. <laughs> hey, yeah, he's an Ant-Man too, though, when he's fun there. <laughs> yeah, at least he's not a racist in that movie, as far as we know. <laughs> Who knows, yeah. Ant-Man 3 might change things. If he appears. That's the real quantum media oppression. <laughs> oh, God. He sees Kang, it's all over. Uh, as for me, though, you guys already mentioned it. Gal Gadot, Chris Pine are the standouts. They do such a great job. It just... Yeah, who said the thing about like the, the co-leads, they just feel perfect? Was it Tristan. you, Tristan? That was me, yeah. Okay, yeah, like you correct. hit nail on the fucking head when you were saying that because the whole time when I was when you were saying that it reminded me of I don't know if you guys know this and this is the dunk on a canceled movie from almost twenty years ago. I don't know if you guys know that Joss Whedon was going to make a one. Oh, I'm movie. well aware of the. <laughs> And let me tell you, when this movie, if you read about some of the alleged plot details, you go, that would have been horrendous. And we're not saying like don't read it. Don't read it. Keep in mind, no, we're not saying bad. We're saying horrendous. This is Suicide Squad worse than Suicide Squad level bad. And not even like morally or politically offensive. No, just overall offensive. But just offensive to to anyone who's seen a story. Told yes, exactly. In any capacity. And the reason I bring this up is because this is the opposite of what those legend details were. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, in that, uh, whatever the movie was supposed to be, Steve Trevor was basically the main character in a Wonder Woman movie, which is just fucking, honestly, it's kind of hilarious a little bit. <laughs> and in this movie, and Patty Jenkins is Wonder Woman. It feels like, yes, Wonder Woman is the main character. Steve Trevor is a co-lead. He's the romantic interest. But both characters do things. Both characters are active in the story. Both of them have feelings that make sense for each other. Both play a huge part to play. And it's very well done. I also know Patty Jenkins didn't write this thing. She directed it. So it goes out to the writing team more so there. But again, just so glad we got Patty Jenkins as Wonder Woman over, yeah, what? The other one. <laughs> Over what could have happened. Over so what better. you would expect from the DCEU. If it wasn't for, like, the like the stuff coming out about Joss Whedon, I remember asking, how did the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer do uh, write such a terrible female-led movie when I read that? Then the stuff came out, and I was like... It tracks. It you know, it makes more sense now. But, yeah, as for other standout performances... Um, I'm trying to look through here. Not really. I, I mean, everybody does a fine job. Yeah, no one's bad say, except the for the villain. Yeah. The villains are... Sorry, Danny, but... I don't really even care for Dr. Poison as much. Like, she's fine, but... Yeah, she's fine. She's there. Like, the yeah. whole she's a cartoon, me, but it's like... Yeah. That's clearly the point. 
the whole thing to me is built off a twist that I don't think really works. Honestly, yeah. this is the hilarious part of this movie. I think if you just had it be about Wonder Woman and World War One, and no Ares and no mm. anything, I think it would have been better. Uh, I want to talk about real quick the score and the CGI of this movie. The, I think the CGI in this movie was actually really solid up until the final fight with Ares. Mm. And it's kind of hilarious, too, how the DCEU has had an issue with that up to this point. With the exception possibly being just Man of Steel. I was going to say, let's not talk shit about Man of Steel CGI. Man of Steel's final was, fight is great. even that though shit, even, That shit was goaded. Regardless of how you feel about you know the casualties. Yeah, the description the and all that. Like, it looked dope as fuck. Yeah. But BVS had issues. Suicide Squad had issues. Oh boy, did so, it. So, yes, this is the next trend in that to where this final fight had issues as well. I think the score is really good, too. Uh, of course, the Hans Zimmer's theme that Drew's humming right there. With, but also just the overall score. Gregson Williams coming in yeah. for the rest of the score. And yeah, the rest of the score it, from Rupert Gregson Williams. I think that is really underrated. <laughs> 100%. It's a fantastic score. It just felt era appropriate to me. Uh, what did you guys think? Drew? So I love the music. Like, I will honestly put any music from a soundtrack I like and just put it on a playlist and just shuffle all of it. And Wonder Woman comes up often, like not just her theme, but a lot of the music from her, this movie as well. The angel on the wing track. Like when she saves Steve. <sighs> yeah. Banger fam. There's so much good music in this movie alone. Like if you guys like there is possible that you can like not focus on the music and it just, goes into the background for you but then the moment you take interest in it for even a second it never lets you go like go listen to the soundtrack it it's like you won't be disappointed but as far as the cgi this honestly has some pretty good cgi like i'm not i'm not gonna lie i was not expecting so much cgi in this like i was expecting for it to be the lasso and diana possibly flying because we did, because it was unclear if she could fly in BVS, but I really do think like the CGI is like some of the best that the DCEU has shown throughout its history. Like, of course, there are a few standouts that we've got to talk that we're going to talk about down the line, but this one, I think is I think it's great. It's all like most of it you could feel as though you were watching it happen in real life. Most of it. Some of the faces look a little wonky, like when they're doing, you know, some of some of the the CGI of like actors onto stunt doubles or whatever. Um, specifically moments like when the Amazons are riding on the beach to confront the Germans, and like you see Robin Wright's face. You know, uh, really that scene in general, you see a lot of faces. You're like, mm, that looks a little odd, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think the CGI for the most part is very strong up until you get to certain bits in that that final climax but the score throughout is is top tier and i need rupert gregson williams to do more superhero scores i'm glad they got him to do aquaman because spoiler alert for whenever we do the aquaman uh retrospective it's a fucking banger soundtrack there too he's doing aquaman too as well right uh he better i think i was hold on i don't think there's been anything definitive on it but i heard rumors either way uh, can you guys vamp for time? I'm about to actually look that up real quick. Look it up. Okay, so here's another thing. 
we're just I I can't stop thinking about the mustache. I know Taylor wants us to wait <laughs> to talk about Ares, but I'm just gonna say this right now because we were talking about CGI. His suit itself looks fine, and I'll give them great special effects CGI props for this one moment right here that they then ruined. When he's when you see him first have the helmet and it's, he's making the eye holes and he like sticks the fingers in the metal and like it makes the molten eye holes and pulls it down. That's oh, cool as shit. Shivers. That's a cool moment. That's cool CGI. Like if they if you told me they used their entire CGI budget for that shot, I'd buy I it. I believe you. Because it looked really cool. The mustache then ruins it. Would have been better if it was just a black face underneath. Not black like African American, but black like just we can't shadows see his face. like a silhouette. You can't see his features except for these glowing red eyes. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah. But we didn't get that. But finger thing, still pretty cool. Yeah, and I, d- and I also have to admit, it's probably, like, a bad idea to start with one of Wonder Woman's most powerful enemies. Like, this is a guy... Work for go- George Perez! <laughs> <laughs> like, er- like just FYI to the non-comic readers, this is a guy who can go toe-to-toe with Darkseid. He's, he's built pretty powerfully. He's built different, some might say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but- he has the little, like, Greco-Roman god of war, so... Yeah, he's he's gonna have to be. But I do admit that the CGI around his powers is pretty awesome, too. Like, I love the fact that he's using the metal debris to create swords and stuff. Yeah, that's like, pretty cool. Yeah. He was, he was hella before hella, you know? Also, <laughs> great CGI on the, the No Man's Land scene. Like oh, the yeah. are firing at her, and she's just fucking just hunched over to get the shield. That's incredible. That's fantastic. And then even carrying forward into her, like, sieging the town, like the effects of her powers look great there. Like they really, the way they animate her speed and her strength, I think is, is, is wonderful. I'm using the same pun again because it was so good the first time that I thought I'd uh, give it a, give it a sequel, which is what DC did with this film. And that happened. Okay. Okay. Let's not get into the sequel. I didn't say anything. I just said it happened. I haven't seen the movie since it came out and I liked it. So you know, we'll see if, <laughs> if <laughs> we'll that see changes. If we, uh, we, I, I hope it there. doesn't. I hope you. I hope you like it because there are some things I like about 1984. But that is for another one because I want to also talk. I want to also talk about some of the effects they have around the mascara, like the lasso, the glowing water, and stuff. Great effects. Great, yeah. Great visuals there. It was really cool in showing us that the uh, magic of the mascara is still there. Like the mascara has always been like this weird magical technology sort of place like they keep it's kind of like wakanda where they try to keep old school but they still have like very advanced technology like the purple ray which is not what are we gonna get the purple ray in a wonder woman movie you you know what let's hope that in the reboot they keep the purple ray because that's that's spoiler alerts for one of the things that i'm not as crazy about upon watching the movie now uh in general I, I'm just I'm ready for a Wonder Woman in the modern age, you know, and I feel like a part of that comes with the Purple Ray because you can't really picture the Purple Ray happening in this World War One setting, you know. But yeah. if you give me a fucking Purple Ray set in 2023, that's great. I want I want the weird Amazon technology. I want them to have like the invisible buildings and whatnot, like from the early 2000s run. Like I, I want it. I want them to have an advanced technology. Yeah, and the Invisible Jet is one of the things that I just love with Wonder Woman. I get, like, how it was originally drawn, it's impractical, but as it has evolved in the comics and stuff, it's one of the coolest bits of transportation you will ever have. 
Like at one point, it was literally basically an invisible Green Lantern ring. That's how cool it got. Yeah. Real cool. Real cool. Taylor, does is that enough vamping? Do you have the? Oh, I've been down for five minutes. I was... Oh well, then why didn't you say anything? So I just let you guys go. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, Rupert Gregson Williams is composing Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Yes. So well, there you go. I think you guys talked about a lot of CGI elements that I agree with you 100% with. Again, there's a lot here that I really did enjoy. There was one thing where uh, Kid Diana was like jumping off a balcony, which, by the way, kind of stupid in general. Nah, she's more <laughs> kind of stupid. Other she's other just jumping off yeah, the Yeah, but she doesn't right know that yet, so it is nah, kind of weird that she would do it. How many kids jump off high things and don't realize they're going to get hurt? Uh, honestly, I can agree to that. I've done that. But it also didn't look very good. Oh, that's also true. Yeah, I got nothing for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <The CGI laughs> can't say nothing. Was really bad on that one. But, uh, but overall, hey, you like, could again, say, hey, you could say it's a part of her art to not jump off of places where that she might die from, considering that she does it when she gets older too. I I give you a little bit of credit for that attempt at a segue there, Drew, because we are going to be talking about Diana's arc in this movie up until the third act, because I feel like that's when it really it just it brings it to where her character is in the present day to an extent. And let's also talk about Steve Trevor since it really feels like he's so engrossed into her character arc. How do you guys feel about her character in this movie? I love the whole way that the arc was done. When you're first watching the movie, you're honestly wondering if she could be right or wrong because technically we know that she is from the Greek pantheon. We know that she has the special power. The Amazons themselves are proof that the higher Greek powers exist. So, could World War I be done by errors? That is honestly a great way of keeping us in suspense, but just a concept. And then, you have her, like, with Steve Trevor, also trying to tell her, look, it's not just Ares in his own way, but he also doesn't want to, like, break her innocence and like Taylor said, a little bit of ignorance in that regard. He wants to, like, protect her in a way. Weird thing to do in a war, but you know what? I understand it. It's the and, main thing to do in a war is protecting people. Well, yeah, depending on your your reasons for fighting. Yeah, to see, Di- to see Diana go through that arc and to see, like, technically, like, she's bringing back hope to so many people, but you have this feeling... It's all going to get really challenged by the third act. It's all really, really well done. I I have to say, like, this is one of my favorite arcs in a superhero film in general. And really, in general, in general, just the whole, how do your principles hold up when you find out that you might be wrong? Tristan? No, I totally agree. I think it's a really interesting way to start the character because well technically i guess she started for the audience in bbs but this is where we see her get her start and it's interesting to it's confusing (laughs) it's interesting to see though how she gets from the character we see at the beginning of this movie this innocent but still you know courageous and intelligent not you know unintelligent um for her innocence this hopeful character and how she turns into what we see in BBS, which still is never fully explained, but you could see they were trying to do something here with that, especially with the way this 
is bookended by two scenes in the present. But up until that third act, like, it's great. You're like, oh, okay, wow, this is, like, really interesting stuff. Especially the scene with her and, and Steve where he's like, you know, some maybe people aren't always all good. Like, that's a fucking fantastic scene. I think that, you know, Drew, you were saying how you think this is probably her best performance, like this movie, her best performance as Diana. I would say that scene is her, her best performance as Diana, at least for my money. 100% agree. Um, after it turns out, hey, you know, Ares was the bad guy. You're like, all right, this is, you know, we need something for her to fight, I guess. This kind of undercuts a lot of the themes we just experienced, but <laughs> we're here now, you know? Um, so that kind of makes the arc a little, it, it takes away from the arc a little bit. Um, but overall, I still think it is like a, a very solid arc not just for a, a comic book movie but just for you know a character in general i think it's it's very interesting to explore like what drew said how do you how do you cope when it turns out everything you believed in your principles uh, may in fact be wrong it's it's an interesting uh, arena to explore i see what you did there yeah see I agree with you guys. I think Chris Pine and Gal Gadot have excellent chemistry. They had great dramatic scenes, and then they also had really good comedic timing with each other, too. So you really could just do any kind of scene with those two, and it would usually work out very well. I love Diana's naive viewpoint on Kill Ares. Everyone becomes a better person. Humanity just becomes better. It just, to me, I don't know if the movie was actually going for this or it's just what I thought about Steve Trevor as a character, but he, it kind of felt like he didn't want to tell her the truth up until mm. the third act because it was either like a, he couldn't bring himself to do it or B he was kind of just himself holding out a little bit of hope that like, maybe she's right. Maybe, you know, there's a hail Mary attempt that like, Oh, maybe we are just being influenced a little bit. And I I could be wrong, but I feel like I remember reading the original intention was like, yeah, Ares isn't really the bad guy at the end. Like, I think the the mm-hmm. the stuff with Lupin coming, I can never remember his name, but um, no, oh, David Thewlis coming back and being Ares. Like, I don't want to necessarily say that was a reshoot. Like, I'll I'll Google while you guys are talking more about it, but I do think the original intention was like her being like, oh shit, no, like it is people. Let me know, and I do remember reading something about that years ago. But I do like how Diana's whole outlook on Ares' corrupting man just falls apart at every opportunity. And she just doesn't see it because she can't really just help but see the good in humanity. Like, I'm not saying, like, the individual, because she calls out people individually, saying, like, uh, the commander for Steve, like, she goes and says you're a fucking coward you're not going out there on the front lines where i'm from that's what commanders do they're out there with their soldiers and she does it to steve later on but in a general sense she loves humanity it's just it's a character trait i really like there to where she'll call people out individually and say they're being pieces of shit but generally she still has hope that like it's not them it's aries i'll fix it i'll kill aries everybody will be fine afterwards yeah it also like to bring the comics into her arc and everything it's one of the things that really ingratiated me to wonder woman a lot but one of her most famous quotes is if loss makes you doubt your belief in justice 
that you never truly believed in justice at all. It's one of her most famous quotes, and it's like it does have to deal with like the shaking to your personal experience and what she goes through, what Ares technic and Doctor Poison technically like push her and her friends to do. Like Steve has to give himself up, and she loses him, and it's like it's the arc that was gonna define her uh, when the DCU was still rolling, and. I just like the fact that that is the thing that's was challenged. Like it, it spoke to me really well from that. Also, upon research, yeah, the studio did mandate, "Hey, we want to have our fight Aries at the end." Yeah. yeah. Thanks, DC. Well, actually, I'm gonna say Warner Brothers. Thanks, Warner Brothers. Studio meddling at its finest. Uh, let's talk about a scene that I would assume was not meddled in any way because of how damn good it was. And that is the no man's no man's land scene. This is probably the most talked about action sequence from the movie. It's the scene where Wonder Woman, like you see her in her suit and everything, and she just goes absolutely crazy, kills a bunch of fucking German soldiers, and saves a bunch of people in the process. It's one of my favorite moments in the movie by far. What did you guys think? It's the best scene in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say second, first for me being the Steve and Diana scene where Steve is telling her, like, hey, you know, maybe we're not all good, but give us mm. a shot. That is but. also a good scene. Yeah, I like that scene. I still like the No Man's Land scene because it's truly Diana pushing for her principles when she's been compromising as best she could before. It's like, hey, we got to keep going. There's nothing we can do. And then it's like, finally, she's like, no, there is something I can do. What works for it, too, is I don't blame any of the characters in that scene. Because all these characters have been through just harsh realities of war. And they're not only hardened by it, but they're like, we can't do anything to get past No Man's Land here. We're kind of, we just got to keep going. Okay? We, they don't really know the extent of Diana's powers, either. So I love how it doesn't make you hate those characters. It's just one of those things where you're watching, you're like, no, she can... She can deal with this probably fairly easily. And yeah, she does. And it's just such a badass moment that really gives the other characters hope a bit, which I thought was cool too, because everybody was just so kind of secluded before that time. I also do like how Diana doesn't know the full extent of her powers. Like we, like if you pay close attention when she's fighting the spies that are in uh, London, it's like we see that her glasses get shot and she gets shot too, but she's bulletproof. She still doesn't know that yet. So that's on, so it's honestly really interesting to see her go through the effort of blocking the bullets, even though, like, in a way, you know she's bulletproof. And you still see her taking, like, doing her warrior-esque moves to take down the Germans. It, it's really a good showcase of not only Diane's principles, but her training as well, which we got to see at the beginning, but never got to see the full extent of till that moment. Mm-hmm. Tristan? I just think it's a really fucking cool scene. <laughs> like the moment, I no in-depth analysis of what no, it means. For the I characters. mean, no, like it's like that's Wonder Woman, you know, yeah. like the moment where the woman on the trench is like, "No, please, like you have to help," and you know, seems like we can't save everyone. Like this isn't what we came here to do. And she's like, "No, but it's what I'm gonna." Do. You're like, "Fuck yeah, Wonder Woman, you go fucking, you go get it." 
Like, do it. That's your shit. You fucking help people when they need help. That's what you're all about. And then just fucking the the, the bullet flies at her. She's just a slow-mo. You, you love a good slow-mo Wonder Woman bullet blocking moment. And boy, do you get one there. And then the music starts swelling. And it's just, you know, it, it's a very, like emotional uh, triumphant scene when she's you know walking across the battlefield and like she's blocking the bullets with her shield and you know she seems pinned down and then her team comes and helps you like yeah great everyone this is big triumphant like it's a, it's a cool uplifting thing and then you get to her going to the village and the the han zimmer wonder woman kicks in you're like oh these guys are about to get fucked up <laughs> yeah. we look at something like avengers endgame right and you guys all know the scene I'm talking about with all the female heroes coming yes. in and there's that scene that everybody either loved or hated and there was no in-between. It was just honestly a little funny. It's <laughs> just the whole time hearing people complain about a, what, 20-second scene in the movie. Uh, My only but, complaint is that they act like Captain Marvel can't just plow right through. It's like... That, that part is After fair, we just saw her plow right through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that part is fair. <laughs> but at the same time, what I think... And this scene is, as far as I know, it's pretty widely considered to be one of the best, if not the best scene in the movie. So I think one of the things that pushes it past that is you kind of would, I could see people getting that feeling. It was just the emotional, like, oh, she got through no man's land. And then it's the extra bit, though, of her going into the village. <laughs> it's just bad ass as hell like, Fuck taking yes. all these soldiers out and it's just like oh no she wasn't done it's like she still had multiple cans of ass whooping to deliver and i just want to say one thing <laughs> when she busts into just the room and she's just fighting them all back to back the moment where she takes the gun and breaks it on her own back that's the fucking that's one of the coolest things in in a superhero fight scene like where they're just going up against a bunch of random thugs. Like that was dope as hell. And then she like tackles the tank. I'm like, hell yeah, Diana. Like show them how strong you it are. It wasn't even really a tank. Mm-hmm. That was a fucking shoulder tackle, man. It was just a. Like I'm she shoulder checked a fucking tank. It's like, what up, <laughs> yeah. bitch? That was She awesome. hit the hit stick on that tank. It was incredible. Well, it's like Gail Simone has said. If you, if you need to stop an asteroid, you call Superman. If you need to solve a mystery, you call Batman. But if you need to end a war, you call Wonder Woman. Damn right. Fair points all around, but we got some awesome action sequences, including the No Man's Land scene. We got a great character arc with Diana that we're going to talk about a little bit more later on in this retrospective. But before we do that, we got to talk about the villains a little bit more. (laughs) Uh, Ludendorff and Dr. Poison. Yeah, let's let's talk about them as the villains. Look, they're not the worst villains. I'll say that. They're are the they worst. a little are they a little too cartoony for the tone of this movie? Yeah, they really are. Uh is them throwing in Ares at the end of the movie just a little bit ruin the entire story that they went for? Kind of sort of. Am I saying that I just wanted World War I to be the backdrop of this movie and let Wonder Woman be in it? Yes, that's what I'm kind of saying here. Uh, so, hilariously enough, what I'm suggesting to you guys is if they just took out all these superhero aspects of this movie and let Wonder Woman just stay and be the sole superhero aspect, I think it would have been a lot better. <laughs> what did you guys think? Yeah, I kind of went into my thoughts about... um about the villains earlier, like, they're just, I don't know, Dr. Poison is fine for me, because it's like, yeah, she's, it's clear that she's 
just supposed to be the little, like, hench person. You know, like, she's just there to be evil and, and make poisons. And I wouldn't necessarily expect you'd be able to get a lot of depth and nuance, nuance out of Dr. Poison. Ludendorff is weird to me because it's just like, well, what? Like, why? Like, why? You know? Like, so what's his deal? Like, he was an actual real person who went through real traumas and whatnot, apparently. Like, they suffered from the loss of his son, and that actually did kind of, like, break him. But it's also weird to have him get in a sword fight with Wonder Woman, and then, well, fist fight with Wonder Woman, and then she kills him. And it's just, I don't know, it's just odd. It didn't, like you said, Taylor, doesn't really fit with the the rest of the movie. Had he been, you know, not a physical antagonist for Diana, I think that could have been more interesting, like more of a philosophical uh, opponent. That would have been something worth exploring, but having it boil down to him fighting her one-on-one and lasting, you know, for more than the split second it takes for her to punch through his skull uh, is odd. It's odd. And then having... On top of that, then Ares coming in. It's like, okay, now we get yet another big, well, I guess the fight with Lunarf wasn't big, but you get, I mean, yet another physical confrontation after we just had that good, you know, thematic, uh, moral conflict from her. It, it was it was a bit odd. I'll say that. Yeah, the scene that I keep thinking about is whenever they throw the mustard gas into the room with uh, Ludendorff's superiors, mm-hmm. and then he closes the door, and he just looks he just like giggles. He, yeah, like he giggles like he's a cartoon villain from the nineteen eighties or something. And it's just what movie are you from, dude? <laughs> like, what are you doing here? And I don't really get why they also didn't just follow through with him being Ares, because later in the movie when Diana and Ludendorff meet. He all but kind of just like confirms that's who he is by the way he acts. Like, yeah, it's, it's too much in that direction of we're trying to draw yeah. suspicion off, dude. If you're not Aries, why are you that butthurt about <laughs> what she says yeah. about the gods? Like, he took that shit real personal. Like, you don't know anything. Yeah, it's just gods. weird how personal like, he took that. Even if like he's an egomaniac, it's <laughs> weird, man. Yeah, and the whole dance scene is kind of like him just telling Diana, it's like, oh, I am. 100% Aries. I know who you are. It's like, it, there was two, it's like, there's one thing of, like, trying to, like, give us a red herring. It's another thing when you're outright telling the audience one thing and then taking it away next time. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I think that's the reason also the twist just really falls flat for me. It's just because they went so hard into it's gotta be Ludendorff. To the point to where, just like you were saying, Tristan and Drew, like, you both were like, if he's not Aries, what the hell is your deal, man? Yeah, like, Because <laughs> you took things what, way beef? too personally. And then he gets in a fist fight at the end with Wonder Woman, and just, it's, to me, I think that's the worst choreographed scene, too. I do have to admit, though, I like Poison better than Ludendorff, just for the fact that, of her devotion to Ludendorff, like, he, like, it feels, it, like, at first I thought, oh, he's manipulating her. And everything, but it's like, no, these two actually just enjoy tormenting people together. It's like, this is the whole thing. I feel like if Ludendorff died early or something, or maybe if, like, she got away and it didn't happen, like, nearly a hundred years later, uh, like, she could have been a great, like, returning villain for Diana. But 
Otherwise, Ludendorff just, he's so confusing of what his identity is. And Dr. Poison, it's like, yeah, I, I don't I don't think that you'll be surviving to the t- 2000s. I mean, that was the plan for Zack Snyder's Justice League. That she, she would. I don't know how he would have made that happen, but okay. Something about her poisons, I don't know. Sniffing them. Maybe she's sniffing that blue stuff long yeah. enough. <laughs> I don't know what that blue stuff is. It restored her non-existent strength. <laughs> or she's a super soldier like Ludendorff. I don't know. I don't know. So we're about to talk about Ares, which I have a feeling we're going to have some... We might have another Drew rant, actually, on our hands here. But before we do that, I just want to get some last-minute thoughts on how Diana's storyline kind of wraps up here. So after the village gets bombed with mustard gas, she pretty much just goes solo after Ludendorff thinking that he's Ares. After she kills him, nothing happens, and she realizes the truth all along that humans did this to themselves. Unfortunately, we will learn later on that Ares kind of just nudges the humans in the right direction for chaos, which I still don't think is fully what the movie was going for with its message, but sure, you do you, movie. Uh, As for Steve and Diana, though, they have this amazing conversation we talked about before where Diana pretty much kind of just disowns humanity, goes like, no, fuck y'all, y'all don't deserve any good things at all. And Steve Trevor just goes, you know what? Maybe you're right, but maybe you're wrong. We just, we don't know. We're all sometimes really good. We're sometimes horrible. And what did you guys think of the ending of Diana's story where she really just essentially accepts that? I'm going to go first because when we get to Aries, I'm going to, like I said before, going to be taken over a bit. So I like the end of Diana's arc where it's revealed like, nah, it's like humanity can be dicks sometimes, but it's like you you still gotta think about your still gotta think about your principles and everything. It's like Diana has her crisis of faith, which is very well earned after after everything she's gone through. It's like she really truly believed that humanity was good and everything, and just to have that all taken away from her to believe that hey, I killed Ares, but nothing's changed and all that. It's like humanity really is this bad it's like to have that crisis of faith and to then like see what her inaction what her inaction can also cause like how good people will sacrifice themselves to save lives and she can be someone who can save lives without sacrificing herself because you can see the good in people while also seeing the bad it's it's wonder woman that's her entire story it's like she's always a person who can see both sides and still choose good it's, I'm trying not to talk about Aries, but the plot twist and everything, <laughs> the, plot, the plot twist and everything, yeah, it's a bit takes away from the arc, but it's like, at the same time, I tr- understand what the original intention was, and it still shines through, it's just, it's a little bit hampered by what they did with the arc, and especially since, technically, the fighting stops with Ares' death. Yeah, it's a weird ending there as well, but we're about to get to it. Tristan, what are your thoughts on Diana's character arc? I still think, you know, despite the weird twist that I feel like undercuts it a little bit, it's still overall, like, a pretty solid, strong arc. Like, she still does come to terms with the fact that not everything is all good all the time. Um, And that there is that darkness in humanity that is more prevalent than 
she might have necessarily wanted to believe. That being said, uh, I would be interested in... I mean, I'm not asking for a release the Jenkins cut, because I'm, I'm tired of these cuts, but I would be curious in learning more about what Patty Jenkins' original plan was for that um, more, I wouldn't say subdued, but more... Le- that less bombastic ending. Um, because I do think having her grapple more with the actual idea of humanity's darkness rather than a physical embodiment. I think that'd be very interesting, but overall, like, I mean, with a, with an arc that includes that amazing conversation she has with Steve, like that's such a high point that it's really hard to ruin the whole thing. And even then, I don't think it's ruined. I think it's an interesting stepping stone to what they were trying to build towards in BVS that we just never really get any actual elaboration on because Wonder Woman 1984, you know, no spoilers, but kind of, changes how that works at all um but yeah no overall i still think it's a pretty solid arc you mentioned something about her not really seeing the worst in people even when it's like right in her face see trevor tells her that like immediately whenever she's talking about like the squad he's putting together Mm. and she's sort of just i don't want to say poking fun of it but she's more so going like this these are the people that you are fighting with and he uh she says a liar a killer and a smuggler and he goes i'm all three of those things i'm a spy that's a lie i've killed people at the beach so you know i kill and i'm smuggling things i'm smuggling this book to my superiors so what's your problem with me it's one of the key things to where she's just looking at steve trevor from there's good in him he's the best man that i've met so far so surely he's not the worst person but he will admit he's done some terrible things too. So I, I love that aspect of it. Honestly, this is still one of my favorite arcs out of a superhero movie. Um, even with the issues I have with the end. I love how instead of believing him too, like she actually goes through the complete opposite way and just gives up on humanity up until, you know, Ares immediately pops up and goes like, Nope, you're fucking right the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, that moment of doubt's like literally ten seconds. But even those 10 seconds cost her everything. Cost her Steve Trevor because she did not go with him. She had that moment of doubt. That's the reason Steve Trevor dies. is because she went off and just said, nah, fuck y'all. For 10 seconds, she gave up on humans. And that's what happened. So I I love that aspect of it. What I don't really care for is who ends up being Ares. And that is Sir Patrick Morgan. What is the actor's name again? David Thewlis. David Thewlis. It's not his fault. He actually does a really good job as Sir Patrick Morgan. Like, that character, he does a really good job. When he's sometimes saying some things as Ares, it comes across as like, oh, you know, I can buy that. And then when he puts on the Ares outfit, the full suit. Puts on the metal drip. He looks fantastic for all but five seconds, and then you realize, like, no, why why can I still see his face? Why is that mustache still there? And yeah, that's one of my biggest issues with Ares as a character, is the look of the the actor to what the character is portrayed as. It's just, it's a weird, off-putting thing that I don't think works on screen here. So, Drew, you've been waiting for this. Okay. All this episode. Go ahead. Okay, so for those of you listening, this is kind of like what I try to like to do of how I would have done it. 
and haven't done one of those in a while, not since Mortal Kombat, a series I'm not even into that I barely know the characters. So, so this, this is a mini Clash of Stash you're saying here. In a way, yes. So, how do you keep Ares and keep the final fight while also making sure that we don't ruin Diana's whole thing? So I think revealing Ares would be a cool thing. But just don't reveal it to be Sir Patrick Morgan. And he's not a, he's not into the war at all. Like, he's not a part of it. He just, like, appears to Diana and says, Oh, so you finally realize how bad humanity is. Just doing some of the things that Sir Patrick Morgan is doing. And when she tr- goes to try and kill him and everything, she gets wrecked. It's like Ares has no problem with dealing with Diana because he's supposed to be the endgame villain. So when all that is going down, when she says, once I kill you, it's like humanity will disappear. He's, he can reveal, oh, I haven't had control over humanity in years. It's like, I tried to kill them, remember? Do you think I would stop at just this war? And then all he has to do is reveal to Diana. It's like, it's all, it's all them. You were right. I've done nothing. Tries to get her on her side. She says, I'm not going to go kill, I'm not going to go killing everyone. And he says, that's fine. He disappears. And as he disappears, he says, they'll do it themselves. And she sees Steve in the plane and Steve dies. Boom. Ares appeared. She doesn't need to defeat Ares. Or if you actually have to defeat him, she could like drive him back. But otherwise he's still weakened because of his fight with Zeus. And it's like, it's an easy way of alluding to him, but not like finishing off the character. The whole problem with superhero movies, it's like, oh, no recurring villains or the villains that should be recurring die. And that's it. That's all you need to do. It's like, I'm not going into a comprehensive thing because otherwise we'd be here for an hour. <laughs> I mean, along with seeing Patty Jenkins original like version, that also would have been an interesting way to do it. You know, better than, well, I don't want to say better because I guess we never really know what's better until we see an execution. But it's yeah, definitely would have been different from what we got. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like I said, I didn't want to, like, totally overvamp it, because my other idea would have been that Ludendorff is is Ares, but it's like, I thought, eh, that takes away from it, too, because he's technically still pushing the war, so I didn't want to go with that. Yeah, but Ludendorff also being Ares is just the most simple answer and probably the right one for the movie, just in the story that they were telling. Tristan, what are your thoughts on this? I'm in the same boat. Like, honestly, anything that gets us out of seeing that mustache... like but no like like you said it would have been the simplest choice and better for the movie overall because i mean i don't know by the time you in the actual movie by the time you get to the point where it's like oh wait ludendorff isn't aries then you're left with all these questions of like why you know similar to to last week it's just a lot of why like what Mm -hmm. what was that and then he's like oh diana it was me all along. I was Ares, but I didn't do this. Humanity's just sucky. And you're like, okay, great. So, what? why are you here? Yeah, it's like, why are you? So, what are you doing? And it's like I nudged them in the right direction, and then it's like, oh, okay, that's why you're here. Then, yeah, I mean, humanity does kind of suck, but at the same time, you're really you're giving them everything they need to be yeah. shitty. Like you're still not. It's still not the full thing. That the movie was trying to tell, which is, yeah, we do this to ourselves. We are sometimes terrible as a species, and sometimes we're good. And instead, it's, yeah, sometimes we're terrible as a species, and also Ares occasionally helps us out with that. So, so uh, <laughs> I forgot to put that. this in. 
I forgot to put this in my whole thing, but the whole point of Ares being near the war or wars of humanity in general is to gain back power. No, God of War, empowered by war. Right. Forgot to mention that. In general, like, the idea of Ares trying to destroy all of humanity, I'm like, bro, then you wouldn't have any power. Like, that, and that's the thing in the comics, too, where he's like, oh, I can't destroy all humanity because then I would have no one to make me stronger. Like, he just wants a constant war. Yeah, and he's gotten close a few times. It's like, dude, dude is scary, yeah. Let's talk about our final pros and cons for Wonder Woman. Tristan, let's start with you. Pros, I think overall, aside from a couple of the villains, the cast is great. I think the story is solid. The character arc for Diana is fantastic, and everyone else's arcs are pretty serviceable. Um, Steve's is also pretty solid. Um, the visuals are one of the more uneven things about the movie, but overall they're still pretty solid, and the musical score is is top-notch. Really, the cons are the the cartoony villains and bits of the final act, but they don't take away too much from what is still one of the DCU's best movies and one of the best comic book movies we've gotten in quite a while. So, good movie. I'm going to echo everything Tristan said, except for I'm a little harsher on the final act. I just, I think the final fight with Ares is just boring a bit. I don't know. Maybe it's because we've seen so many superhero fight scenes that like just serviceable ones are disappointing to me, but that's kind of how I felt about this one. Uh, The twist again, just why, why do it? (laughs) It kind of just ruins part of the movie for me. So it's a great movie. It is easily at the top of the DCEU when it comes to quality. And it's up there with the best of superhero movies. But I wouldn't probably put it as high up as Tristan has. Because he was talking about Off Air, I believe. That you have this rated above a lot of MCU movies as well. Yeah. Yes. Is that because of my personal DC bias? Who's to say? But I will say before I throw it to Drew, I'm so glad we're talking about this movie because this is a legitimately great movie in the DCEU coming off of two episodes where I continued to lose faith in this fucking brand that is DC <laughs> Comics. <sighs> so I'm we needed this. We needed this episode badly. Look, look, don't let the don't let the live action movies get you down. One, there are some good live action movies out there. And two DC kills it in animation and in comics, okay? Just, just if you can't read the comics, go watch the animated stuff. Like, they just, they just came out with Super Sons on HBO Max. It slaps. It does. I'm the one who recommended that to you. Uh, I was <laughs> actually, I was actually planning on watching it. I just didn't know it was on HBO. Thank God you told me. But what are your final pros and cons and your final thoughts, Drew? I'm echoing everything Tristan and you said. Uh, the only, my only question is a few of Diana's powers. Like, what the heck was that shield power that allows you to disintegrate the swords? I think that would be useful, Diana. Oh, we'll get to her disintegrating next week when we talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Because <laughs> boy, do I have some opinions on a scene in that movie. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god. We're gonna... It's like, I'm I'm bringing alcohol. We're gonna have a ball. Oh, yeah, no. Tristan, Tristan might have to bring some of his fun time juice to talk about this movie. That he does love, so spoiler alert. Just putting that out there. Now, what would you have done if we were watching the Justice League? 
I, I also would have had to brought some of the fun time juice, but it would have gotten really sad and dark. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, I would have brought more. No, no, I would have brought more. With with Zack Snyder's just like, be like, oh, you know, I'm having enough. We're going to have fun. I'm going to be light. The other, it's like, okay, we're going to have a problem here. Like, you might need to call somebody to check on me. <laughs> it's like, if you thought I was broken after Suicide Squad, then. But uh, anyway, as I was saying. I do want to parrot what you guys were saying. Some of the powers that she displayed in that last moment, I'm like, okay, can't wait to see those never appear again. Because, like, originally I thought, oh, she's going to summon the ages like she does in the comics. That's what her bracelets are made out of, by the way. They're made of Zeus's ages. And then it's like, ah, oh, no, she just has a force field now. And I'm like, okay. I guess this is like her big she's a god moment, but come on, guys. Uh, but otherwise, I still lo- I still love this movie. It's like, would I change some things? Yes. But I think it, this movie really did, like, reignite my my love for the DCEU just in time for it to be stepped on. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, this movie gave DC fans hope only for Justice League to absolutely ruin it. But you know what won't ruin your day? Power up and game. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to hear more from us at TNS Network, you may want to consider taking an old gander at our video game news recap podcast called Power Up and Game. Again, on that podcast, we run through some of the most trending stories around the gaming industry that we thought were interesting and with a focus on having a conversation above all else. On the latest episode of Power Up and Game, We talked about The Last of Us Episode 1. We went into spoilers on that, so be sure to check that out if you've been watching the show and you want to hear what two video game nerds have to say about that. We also talked about the stuff going on over at Microsoft on the upcoming episode of Power Up and Game, which, honestly, that should be out now as well. Um... We will probably be doing a follow-up on what's going on with 343 Industries and Halo, along with talking about the death of Marvel's Avengers. Ah, guys, that's very sad for me. I was one of the seven people who liked the game. Episodes, I'm so sorry for your loss. I know, I can't win. Even when I like a Marvel thing, I lose. Uh, But new episodes of Power Up and Game drop every Friday night. Let's go ahead and get out of here, though. Drew, what you're working on? Where can people find you? You can find me on Fanfic World on YouTube. You can also find me on the socials with Drew Garrison underscore on Twitter and Instagram. And yes, I have been updating more recently. Not as often as I should, but I am at least getting some posts out there. Who knows? I'm getting better. Uh, you can also You can also look for my new video, which should be up by the time this video goes up where I talk about uh, one of my fixes for Kingdom Hearts 3 called Replica Hearts. Want to know what there that's about? There is no way to fix a perfect game. There, There is one way of fi- fixing it. And it really it's Dream Drop Distance, but it's like it's just like the Kingdom Hearts lore one problem I had with it, okay? But Kingdom Hearts 3 is a really great game. Go, go buy it. Go buy it. And if you're a PC gamer, the mods for it are amazing. Tristan? 
You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at BackIssueBenz. I'm still cranking out dubs over at Screen Rant, so go and give your boy some views. And if you want to hear more of my dulcet tones, I was on a recent episode of Super Bracket Bros. Yes, I returned to once again argue on behalf of Jason Todd the Red Hood, this time against one John Wick. Did I win that argument? You got to go over to the Super Bracket Bros and... I will say, I won't spoil what happened, but you should have won that argument. Whether I should have. Is another question. Did I? Who's to say? Because I should win most arguments, and I also win most arguments because I'm always right, so... So be sure to do that, and also be sure to join our Discord if you enjoyed anything you heard from this podcast episode. The link is in the description of this episode. Also, consider leaving us a rating. It'll be tremendous if it was a positive. Be rating. wonderful. Ah, would be wonderful. You've kind of overused third time's that the charm, time, haven't you? Yeah. Well, you know, we didn't get a third one for this franchise, so I thought I would. Give the people. Yeah, the who knows? Who knows what's going on? We got eight days left as of this recording until the end of January, so we might get some news about what's the future of Wonder Woman as a character. Might get some might DC news, period. And hey, if there is some DC news, maybe there will be uh, something. Maybe maybe a couple of us will talk about that. There's a potential tease for something we may be doing this year. Hey, that, that's Woo-hoo! a very good tease. That is yeah. a very good tease. Yeah. But next up on this program, we will be talking about Justice League, but not, for the sake of our sanity, we're not talking about the monstrosity. That was the theatrical version. I don't care what Drew is going to say next week about that Justice League and whatever good it potentially did. I don't think it did anything good. But we'll hear about that next week. Instead, though, we're going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. And we'll be doing this a little bit differently because, as you all know, it's a pretty long movie. (laughs) And we talk a lot. We're going to be splitting up the episode though into two parts we're going to cover the first three parts in episode one and then the following week we're going to cover the last three parts of the film so that's what we'll be doing and we'll probably be done with the dceu memorial tour for the time being until either shazam 2 rolls around or maybe when the flash races into theaters now it's time to get out of here I hope you guys had a good time with this episode. I hope everyone listening had a good time as well. We will see you next week.